All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's called the show. Now, Amy Marks scores Chris Ranji on KMOX. Amy is out today, but Brad Young is in on this Black Friday. Hope your day is going well if you're out and about doing whatever it is you're out and about doing, punching people and kicking and whatever to, to get that television. So oh, just it, be very, very careful. I haven't seen any reports of that today, certainly in years past. Maybe, maybe uh, Drew's got some info on some of that, but... But in years past, there have just been some some massive brawls over people fighting over fifty dollars TV sets. And uh, but fifty and, bucks, look, you could get a TV for fifty dollars now. You you can. they're so cheap. You you can. They are they are very cheap now. But uh, uh, but there, there's a certain amount of dignity involved. <laughs> uh, you know, if you have any self dignity, uh, you're you're just not going to get into a fist fight over something like that. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, I mean, I guess, I guess it depends, right? Because you want to please your family. Well, true, but but is is that really the motivation, or or let's let's just be real? Is the motivation here about bragging rights? Because the people that I know who have gotten these kind of deals, I hear about it for years. Where they say, "Well, I, I ventured out. You know, I it was like I had to wade through six feet of snow uphill both ways, and then I got this TV set for fifty bucks. Isn't it really more about the bragging rights than it is about the deal?" I don't know, man, because people, I don't know if they get up that upset about um, winning on Black Friday. I think it's about, oh no, if I don't get this, there's going to be hell to pay at home. So if I don't come home with this PS5, right. <laughs> my kid is going to lose it and then uh, tell me Santa Claus isn't real. No, oh, yeah. Yeah, you mm. don't want that. No, not at all. So we just started the show today uh, talking with Hancock and Kelly about the release of uh, hostages today. Uh, Israeli hostages and Thai hostages are out in this first 24 there are more to come. We don't know the identities, who they will be. We do know that all 50 of the hostages to be released in this first round here are at least Israeli citizens, could be some with dual citizenship. So that is to come over the next few days while this, uh, I wouldn't call it a ceasefire, but while this pause, pause. in military action is happening. And, uh, and is anybody raising questions? And I'm not raising it to be critical. I'm just raising it to, to point out the fact that the number of Palestinian prisoners that are being released is three times greater than the number of Israeli hostages that are being released. So at each point, they're talking about a three-to-one ratio. So that if 20 are released today, then there'll be 60 prisoners let go, and the total is projected to be uh, 50 hostages released by Hamas in exchange for 150 uh, uh, women and other uh, individuals who are in prison. But there's that three-to-one ratio. How does that impact you, Chris, when you look at it and you say, well, it's not one-to-one, it's three-to-one. To you, does that change 
uh, the dynamics of the situation? I, I guess when you suppose that there are an estimated 8,300 Palestinians currently in jail in Israel, and who knows what, I mean, there, there's 8,000 people, so who knows what the charges are if some of them could be um, bogus. I mean, there, we do know that there are people who are young, that a good portion of these that are being released are between the ages of 16 and 18. Correct. That doesn't mean they didn't do anything wrong. Right. Uh, it just it could mean that maybe they are in jail and shouldn't be that you have to you have to account for that possibility. We have people in this country and we have a long process of of determining somebody's guilt. And there are a lot of steps in that process. And we still have people who are in jail wrongfully. Well, that's so, true. But but when you look at the at the hostages that Hamas took, zero, zero, of those, you're right, you're zero right. are guilty of anything. Sure, sure. But that doesn't. To me, it doesn't necessarily mean you don't do this. And I think it's a I don't know how I feel about the idea of a prisoner exchange. It's complicated for me. And I I don't think you have to have a take that is absolutely one way or the other. And you better be on one side of it. I think that's ridiculous because I don't think it takes all factors into account. There are the problem that I do have with the idea is that if you're Hamas or if you're another organization sees this work, yes, that maybe you'll try it again Replicate or somebody it. Yep. else will try it. Sure. But what do you tell the family members? But see, that's the that's, key. That's the problem. And that's the key because... And there is no right answer here. Right. As you and I were talking during one of the breaks, we talked about this idea of leverage. And right now, Hamas has leverage over Israel because if, if for example, if Hamas came and said, we want 10... We want 10 Palestinians released for every one hostage that we captured. And Israel says no. Then at that point, the pressure builds on Israel to say, you're not taking steps to get these innocent people home. So Hamas understands the idea of leverage and the fact that it probably started at 10 and was negotiated down to three yeah. demonstrates that, that Israel was in a position where they had to make a deal to get those hostages, even if that means giving up three times as many uh, Hamas prisoners. They had to do that in order to get the hostages home. What, what I'm also, and, and I'm aware that it's possible they give up somebody um, that ends up coming back and becoming a terrorist five years from now or ten years from now. There is that risk. I get that. I don't think that it, I don't think it necessarily had to be a 50 for 50 situation where I'm giving you 50 uh, prisoners, you're giving me 50 hostages. I don't think it necessarily needed to be that. Um, I guess ultimately I'm just glad that these people are coming home. Yes. Getting but, to go home. But but if you're looking at it from that big picture perspective, Chris, that you mentioned yep. a moment ago, uh, the fact that this is working right now for Hamas, and when I say working, it's working for them in terms of they're getting more of their own prisoners released in exchange for hostages, that tells... The next group after Hamas is destroyed, I think you'll see um, maybe not the elimination of Hamas, but certainly uh, they're going to be eliminated as a major player yeah. through this. But the whatever group comes along, like ISIS came along after 9-11, whatever the next group is, and the, that's, the, the playbook is there. Well, Grab citizens and you can use them for leverage. Here's what I would also say, that there's already that danger being created by the military action that's happening now and by, by virtue of... A lot of innocent Palestinian citizens who have nothing to do with any of this getting killed in bombing. You think you're not creating the potential for 
terrorists down the line who are sure. going to see this. My house was bombed. My entire family was killed. I hate you now. I hate Israel. And I'm going, I'm radicalized now. You don't think that's going to happen? And I, mean, I don't mean you, but but people who don't think the military action up until this point is not also a breeding ground for future terrorism. Absolutely. I, my, my, I think the number one concern for everybody should be the safety of Israeli citizens and the safety of Palestinian citizens. And there is no either or. If you're on one side or the other and only on one side or the other, you're wrong because you, you need to be concerned about innocent people who have nothing to do with any of this. Has to be a part of the discussion. Yep. And even with that, even with the idea that that you you have the potential to radicalize people, Palestinians, for future possible terrorist acts, the 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 steps that Israel is taking right now has to be done. I mean, they yep. have to do that, understanding that even if they do create the terrorists of tomorrow, they have to act in the best interests of the country today. We talked about the Supreme Court term, which is uh, has begun here now. And uh, the one thing we discussed was more of a First Amendment issue. A Second Amendment issue is on the ballot or on the on the docket as well. The uh, domestic abuser gun restrictions. That is something that's going to be heard. Where do you where do you stand on that? Well, we heard oral arguments a couple of weeks ago. You won't have a decision at least until spring or late spring. And to me, if you you look at the fact that that we now know the Second Amendment is uh, is a constitutional right, you do have a right to bear arms. But just like any other right, whether that's the First Amendment or any other right, you those rights can have reasonable time and place restrictions. And so, if you look at the domestic abuser situation, where he's actually threatened violence against his domestic partner. He's committed acts of violence. He's fired weapons at individuals. To me, even if you go back to the Heller versus U.S. decision, uh, where which was the first big Second Amendment case, even there, the Supreme Court held in the majority ruling that you could have restrictions on that Second Amendment right. So the only argument against this domestic abuser is what I call the slippery slope argument which slippery slope arguments say, well, if you don't allow it here, then it's going to have a, an impact later on down the road. I always reject those legally and politically. It is a fallacy. It's a fallacy because if, it, if, that, if that slippery slope starts to happen, you can stop that slope. Correct. You can stop that rock from rolling, okay? So let's look at the facts in this case. Is it okay and permissible to restrict his Second Amendment rights due to his threats of of violence in the past? And the answer to that should be yes. And I think what you'll see is even with a conservative-leaning Supreme Court, you're going to see, I think, the Supreme Court say, this is an example of the reasonable time and place restrictions that can be placed upon the Second Amendment. Yeah, people who do make the argument, well, if this happens, then what's to stop the next thing from happening? Well, the yeah. answer is you. Yeah, You're, you're there. To, you look at each individual thing. Yes, just like that, individually. Do we Correct. accept this? Do we allow a domestic abuser to have a, a weapon in the house? No. Can we all agree that's probably a good idea? Yes. I think it's I think it's absolutely reasonable. Um, just look at things on a case-by-case basis. Is it difficult work? Yeah. But do it. That's, we, we have to do it that way. Otherwise, uh, otherwise you, you end up with an absurd, absurd result. We talked to Mike Claiborne today. A lot of baseball offseason stuff is happening, in particular for the Cardinals. Kyle Gibson, they bring back Lance Lynn. Tell us what you think. 
Well, I think it's a safe move. I mean, you know, this team needed a little bit more experience. Maybe a little, I, I've always thought Lance Lynn was kind of like the rusty nail you need to have in your clubhouse. Uh, been there, done a lot, done a lot in his career. Um, is, is he the is he the savior? No. Is Kyle Gibson the savior? No. But they can certainly add to what you're looking for. I mean, yeah, and then what they do need is pitching help. We know that Klaibs goes on to say bullpen needs some work. Um, and there's probably going to be some competition in spring training. I think what people, what Cardinals fans want to see, though, is something substantive happen. It's fine to get innings eaters. It's fine to get Lynn back. It's fine to bring in Gibson. But what people want and what they should get, and they're, they're rightful to want this, is really good starting pitching. Because what you sure. need going into, if, if you expect to be a playoff team, is going into the first game of that playoff knowing you're giving the ball to a guy like a real dude. Yes. That's that's what you need. And, and that's reasonable to expect because there's a, a certain quid pro quo here that, that St. Louis is a rabid baseball town. Yep. We're a rabid Cardinals fans. But the, the other side of that, that quid pro quo equation is you've got to put a decent product on the field. And last year that didn't happen. And in the absence of putting a decent product, it doesn't matter. It, rather, it's not that that we expect a World Series team every year. That's not reasonable. That's not reasonable. I don't think St. Louis expects it. But if you're not willing to spend money to put that reasonable team or that uh, uh, a good team on the field and management says we're going to keep our money, then I think it's fair for the fans to say we'll keep our money and not support the team. Look, it's going to be difficult for them next year. I believe the Brewers will still kind of be around. Uh, the Reds are getting better. The Cubs are going to spend, too, and they are in the market for Shohei Otani right now. Um, there's a possibility of Yamamoto making his way there. He can make his way here, too. So that's a team that is not afraid to use its resources. It doesn't guarantee they'll be good, but what it means is the job for the Cardinals to win the division next year is not going to be easy. So we'll see how the rest of the offseason goes, um, but I think what we've seen this week is just a precursor. I don't think that's the end of it by any means. Can't be. Brad Young, Chris Ranji, and uh, when we come back, apparently I have a Dolly Parton opinion that is sucks. <laughs> it just sucks. From what, what a I hear. teaser. We'll talk about that next on KMOX. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Brad Young in for Amy Marks Coors. I'm Chris Ranji on KMOX. Uh, so here's my here's my feeling on Dolly Parton. I think Dolly Parton is, and yesterday, here, here's why this is all coming up. She performed halftime at the Cowboys-Commanders game. She did. Yesterday on Thanksgiving Day. And she wore a the Cowboys cheerleaders outfit. So what the 20-somethings who are Cowboys cheerleaders wear uh, this 77-year-old woman had that on. I don't have much of a take about that. I don't care. People liked it. I thought she looked great for being almost 80. Yeah. Damn, she's almost 80, bro. And you, if you can kind of pull off a Cowboys cheerleader's outfit, 
at almost 80, yeah. you're doing all right. Um, you're doing it's, more than all right. You're doing I mean, more. I mean, yes. They're, yeah. Think of all the 77-year-olds you know and think about whether you want to see them in that. Okay, so it's not even about that. Here's my take on Dolly Parton. I think she's extraordinary. She is an absolute musical legend. She appears to be, from all accounts, a really decent person. I, I think she's great in interviews. Everything about her I like. But I'm, I'm waiting for the big butt. Jolene sucks. <laughs> now why? The song Jolene is, I hate it. I hate it. Wait, I don't do you, know what it is. Well, every version I've ever heard, every cover I've ever heard, Miley Cyrus, Jack White, yeah. every version sucks. I hate it. How do you really feel, Chris? Don't hide your feelings. I don't think it's very good. So is it the is it the theme of the lyrics? No. Is it the musicality it's of the, the musicality. song? It's the Jolene. It's the all of it. I just hate it. I've never liked it. She has so many bangers. You know what a banger is? Yeah, yes, of course. She she has so many songs that slap. That one isn't one sucks. of them. Huh? Okay. No, I gotta hate it. But <laughs> and and I and I I put that on Twitter yesterday, and I said I know this is not going to go over well because everybody loves her and right. adores everything she's ever done. That song, I just don't, I don't get it. So the backstory for people who don't know is uh, her husband Carl at the time was being hit on by a bank teller who was attractive. I don't think her name was Jolene, um, but she wrote a song about it. She wrote that song about mm -hmm. that because she was afraid that uh, Carl was going to mess around. She also happened to write in the same day, according to her, she did an interview years later where she said she wrote that song and I Will Always Love You in the same day. Hmm. I think she should have written both songs and put one of them in the trash. <laughs> like you keep, you can keep I Will Always Love You. You can throw away Jolene because Jolene is terrible. I, I can understand why that wouldn't be one of your favorite songs. What I don't understand is the degree to which that you have loathing towards the song. I, I don't know. I don't it, know. it grates. As soon as I hear it, it is an automatic skip. Do you have an ex-girlfriend named Jolene? I don't know anybody named Jolene. Uh, I knew somebody named Jolinda. Mm. I don't know anybody named Jolene. Well, you Never need to hang one. out with more bank tellers. <laughs> I guess. I guess. And a buddy of mine, he he saw my tweet and he texted me last night and he said, this is the worst take you've ever had. And he said, this song ruined the name Jolene forever. Nobody names their kid Jolene because of that song. And I said, okay, well, that makes sense. But it was only in the South anyway. Well, and There's only one, one very specific part of the country naming their kids Jolene. You don't see a, a lot of people named Judas either for... Well... <laughs> Yeah, you don't, I don't see know Judas. That, I don't think you're going to you see a whole lot of Adolf. You don't see that for I, everybody. Yeah, it, it, there, there's right, and I get it. There's an impact the song had. I just, I. But you know, you really went out on, on a ledge here because people love it, and you set it up. I don't know that people necessarily love Jolene, but but Dolly Parton is so universally liked that that taking that. That uh, that that angle, that vicious angle mm -hmm. against one song. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you're just bringing on a lot of hurt. Well, I am. Let, let's just say this: I am, I am absolutely attacking a piece of work, and not the person. This is not an ad hominem. I am, I am going after this awful, awful piece of art that she created. But she, <laughs> she is wonderful. 
Great personality. She's great personality. She is. She oh is. God, what a just just a beautiful person, inside and out. From all I know, well, who knows? Maybe she has. Maybe she has people chained in her basement. I don't know. I don't, but <laughs> but from what I know, she sounds like a great person. And what's to me interesting about her is her self-deprecation, uh, and the fact that she makes fun of how she looks. She makes fun of her image. Yeah. Uh, she often talks about that you know, that that nothing about me is real, and uh, I, <laughs> in so many ways. And she she's very upfront about that. And she's a to treasure. me, it's a, it's refreshing for someone who's self deprecating like that, saying, you know, I, I just don't take myself that seriously. That's what you need to do. You yes. can take. So we we had this conversation last week. Um, well, I did with a lot of uh, people online uh, about the 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 uh, Carissa Thompson the sideline reporter who admitted that she would just make up stuff if she couldn't right. get a, a coach to talk to in between the halves. And I thought I hate, I, I was so upset about that. Mm -hmm. And you had a lot of people who said, what well, all these sports journalists are getting all mad about this. It's not that big of a deal. I think yeah, it, is. Yeah, it, 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 it is a big deal because you should and, and the argument they were making is they take themselves too seriously. And I said, no, it's not taking yourself seriously. It's taking your job seriously. Yes. And even if you think the job is stupid or unimportant, whatever job it is you do, you should take seriously. And if you do something that rewards you with a salary several hundred thousand dollars mm -hmm. well into, and I believe her salary is something close to six or seven hundred thousand. Right. Take your job seriously and do your job well. It doesn't mean that it is important or vital to the country. It just means that's what you're getting paid to do, so do your job well. But it's and also a matter of credibility. I mean, for example, that, too. that was when you get back to uh, the betting on baseball issue and betting on your own team issue, the question becomes then, uh, you, if you're betting on your own team, are you giving us your best product or are you trying to win a bet? Right. And so it be, creates a sense of doubt as to whether what I'm seeing is or is not your best effort. And it, I think the same argument is made for her, for the reporter, because now from, from this point to the end of her career, when she quotes any halftime interview, you're going to have to say, is this true or not? My uncle, we were watching the game yesterday, and I, Aaron Andrews popped up, and, he, and she's doing a report, and he says, is she making this up? You yeah. know, like, that's that's what people now will do. And he's joking, and he but he barely pays attention to sports anymore. Well, barely pays attention to football, and he knew enough to say that. Yes. And I, I think that's kind of exactly what we're, we're talking about here. Right. Um, if you don't have credibility, I mean, seriously, why should I listen to you exactly. as a reporter if I can't believe what you're saying? Texter says, you're right, Chris. My mother hated the song Jolene 50 years ago, and she was a big country music fan. Good. I feel vindicated. So, so we're going to go out with the music that you hate. Oh, uh, hey, NFL picks are coming up. Bob Ramsey will be our guest picker when we come back on KMOX. It is the Chris and Amy show. Sorry for the silence. I was expecting something that didn't happen. Uh, Brad Young and Chris Ranji with you on KMOX. Amy Marks Cores is out. And uh, do we have our listener, Dean, on the line, too? Is he with us? Oh, we've got to get our listener, Dean. Otherwise, we're going to be right. in some serious trouble here. So um, we do our NFL picks. And by the way, 
If you are interested in participating in our Friday afternoon no prize pick'em, this is the time you get to do it. You get to let us know. Send us a text message at 314-436-7900. Give us your name and give us uh, your phone. Well, you don't have to give us your phone number yet. Just give us your name and somebody will reach out to you and mm-hmm. you could potentially be a part of the no prize pick'em before the end of the season, which we are we're getting up on it, man. Get, this getting close. Yeah, but man. The, this, but the last time I was in, Chris, was when you guaranteed the Bears were going to win. Oh, they clearly didn't, and they, did they? They clearly did not. No, they they did not uh, at all. So we've got with us our, our celebrity guest picker for today is Bob Ramsey. Bob Ramsey, the voice of the Billikens. He is with us on KMOX. How you doing, Rammer? Hey, good afternoon, everybody. A belated happy Thanksgiving and, uh, and a happy holiday season that we've jumped right into. Well, are you, uh, first of all, before we get to the, the actual game itself, are you ready for Billikens tomorrow? Now they've got the game, which will be here on KMOX. Are they going to win that one? Well, I w- I'm not, uh, I don't want to get into the prediction business. Oh, yeah, that's it right. Game, it, it is a game you need to win. Uh, Dartmouth comes in out of the Ivy League, and the, if you're going to be a competitive team, moreover a good team these are games you need to win at your in your home arena absolutely how are they to you i mean we've only seen a handful of games i was only able to watch um, I, I went to the illinois state game when they hosted yeah. a couple of weeks ago got to see that one how are they looking to you so far well i think uh it's clearly a work in progress like so many teams in college basketball when the roster turns over so much 50, 60, 70, some teams, 90% of their players turn over due to the transfer portal that it's a work in progress. And this is one where um, the Billikens play small, but they have a couple of bigs in particular, Bruce Zhang uh, from China at 7-1, who has a chance to be a difference maker. But he is still a kid. He's learning. He's a freshman. For instance, the other day he had a, a putback dunk that waved off a basket because the ball was in the cylinder. He was playing by international rules. So, you know, it's it's a real learning process. And I think, though, that um, I think there's some real opportunities for growth in season. Billikens will play tomorrow. I believe the pregame show 647, correct? 645. 6.45. 6.45 pregame show right here on KMOX. Rammer has the call. Um, we appreciate you being part of our no prize pick'em today, and we welcome in <laughs> we we welcome in our uh, our guest listener um, who is going to participate as well. Dean is joining us. How you doing, Dean? Bless. How you guys doing today, sir? Hey, we are we're doing fantastic. So you know the drill. You know how this works. Um, all you do is pick the winner straight up, going to give you a game, and you tell us um, who you think is going to win. That's it. But then when we get to the Sunday night football game, you have to give us the winner and the total amount of points scored in the game by both teams. Okay? That's the drill. Also, Dean, if you win, do you know what you get? No, sir. Nothing. You don't get anything. 
It's the yeah, that's not true. He gets respect. <laughs> you get respect, admiration, and allocate uh, accolades, and and you get to uh, you, you get to come back come next back. week. Exactly, you get an opportunity to come oh. back next week. All right, so let's get uh, let's get started here. We will start with the Saints taking on the Falcons. This will be in Georgia, in Atlanta, Mercedes Benz Stadium. Dean, who's going to win, Saints and Falcons? Saints will win this one. Saints are going to win this one. All right, let's go with uh, New Orleans here. Bob Ramsey, what do you think? Well, having lived a few years in in Louisiana, um, I'm, I'm going to go with Dean. I think Dean's on it, even though it's on the road, which against points and things would give me pause, but I'll go with the Saints. I'm a fan. All right, New Orleans Saints it is on the road. Uh, New Orleans, by the way, is favored by a point and a half. Brad Young, yeah. what do you think? I'm going with the Falcons. Uh, I, I think they're the team uh, that can that can win this game. I haven't followed them as much this season as I have in, in prior seasons, but uh, I, for nothing else the, to be a contrarian, I'm going to have to go, gonna, gonna have to go with the Falcons. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I got to pick New Orleans here too. Uh, Atlanta has quarterback problems. Uh, probably the future home of Justin Fields, which he'll probably figure it out by then and become amazing just by leaving yeah. the Bears organization because they stink. So I'm going with New Orleans. Uh, Brad has picked the Falcons. Everybody else picked New Orleans. All right, here we go. It is the Steelers and the Bengals in Cincinnati. Uh, Bengals right now are five and five. Steelers, couple of games over 500. Dean? Steelers is my team. I got to go with Mike Tomlin. Definitely. That's my team. Been my team since the 70s. What a coach, man. Mike Tomlin is extraordinary. He's fantastic. What's that? Three coaches in 60 years? That's that team. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Uh, my team's had 37 coaches since then. Uh, Rammer? Yeah, with the quarterback problem in Cincinnati, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh as well. Okay. Pittsburgh it is. What do you think, Brad? I hate to I, – I, I went to the contrarian route last time, <laughs> but I can't, I can't do it here. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, the, the Steelers quarterback, Kenny Pickett, uh, he's going to have uh, a great day this weekend, and okay. so I, I've got to go with the Steelers. You know what? I'm going to have to pick somebody. I'll have to pick Cincinnati here. They do have quarterback issues for sure, but they are going to be at home. They're going to win. It's going to be one of those games where they have no business winning and they're going it's going to happen. Also, I'm wrong, but I'm picking them anyway. I have to. All right. Let's continue with the Buccaneers and the Colts. Tampa Bay is on the road at Lucas Oil Stadium. Bucks and Colts, what do you think, Dean? Well, I believe it, the Colts can pull this one off at home, considering they're at home this week. All right, Indianapolis. Bob? Well, I, uh, I'm i going to start calling Dean to place bets because I'm, <laughs> I've been in lockstep with him. I'm with you, Dean. I think that's the call. There it is. Yes, Colts, Colts are a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. What do you think? Well, the, the, the Buccaneers, and this is why I'm going with the with the Bucks uh, this weekend because – they're going to have 100-yard rusher running back uh, uh, Rashad White in for the first time this week in, I think, like 10 performances. So I think that's going to make the difference in this game, and so I'm going with the Buccaneers. I think it's a pretty good call. Um, I'm also going to go with Tampa Bay. I think Baker Mayfield's going to go off for no particular reason. I have no reason to believe that, but I, I do. All right, uh, now it is what we're going to call the Suck Bowl. It is the Patriots against the Giants in New York. 
Five wins between the two teams. Let's start with Dean. Well, I've always been an Alabama Crimson Tide fan, so I got to roll with New England. I think uh, eventually he's done. Jones is going to get it together. Oh, so I believe they should win out of town today this time. All right, let's see if Bob Ramsey is uh, in line with Dean again. What do you think, Rammer? Well, just to be different, I'm going to go the other route, and and I'm not sure that this one's going to uh, count for the totals because, as you point out, the suck bowl. I'm not even sure a score is going to be reported. Um, <laughs> But I'll take the Giants. All right, Giants it is. What do you think, Brad? I've got to go with the Patriots. As I was looking at the matchup, they have not scored much this year at all. And and yet for this game against the Giants, since the Giants, I think, are struggling defensively, I think Patriots are going to get more than 20 points this weekend. And so I'm going with the Patriots. Uh, You know what? I am going to pick the Giants at home. I think... The Giants organization would love to lose this one because they want to get that number one pick. So this is this is the kind of game where organizationally, okay, both teams would love to lose this one. So there, so but, both, so it's going to be a struggle as to who's going to play the worst in order to get a better pick. That's right. But the guys on the field, they're going to try to win. I think the Giants win at home in in this one. So it's not going to be fun. All right, let's go to an afternoon contest at uh, in Denver. The Broncos are hosting the Browns. What do you think, Dean? Well, you know, Broncos been hot here lately, and uh, they're playing at home. And I just think uh, they might have a good game this time, so Broncos should win that. All right, Denver at home. Rammer? Dean's 100% right. The Broncos, uh, uh, after a horrific start to the season, are absolutely red hot. Um, things are clicking, and uh, I think not only do they win, I think they win big. What's the spread on that, Chris? The spread on the Browns. Denver is a point-and-a-half favorite. No, nah, take that all day long. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. You're going with yeah. Denver, too? No, I'm absolutely going with Denver. The Broncos are on a four-game winning streak, I believe. And uh, Russell Wilson, he's man, he's been, looking good. He's been looking really good, and uh, and I, I I can't bet against Russell Wilson considering uh, talent, the streak. Uh, I, I'm going I'm going with them. You know, for the first time, we're all in lockstep on this one. Each one of us are picking uh, Denver to win at home. Wilson has been playing well lately. It looks like old Russell Wilson. So uh, here we go. Um, all right, here's another suck bowl, but a different kind of suck. <laughs> It is the Rams and the Cardinals, two teams that said, screw you to St. Louis. So Rams in Arizona. Dean? Well, you know what? They got a little Kyler Murray back. Um, He did a little wonders last week. The Rams, they looked pretty good last week, though. But I still think Arizona is on a step up right now. So I like the Cardinals at home. Rammer? For no particular reason, I'll take the Rams in that one on the road. You're right. Um, uh, somebody will have to give me the score because I don't care. But I, I just I think I think the Ram I think the Rams can maybe eke one out on the road. What do you think, Brad? I li- listen. I'm I'm using uh, the hometown betting schedule, and I'm saying that the Cardinals. While I was very upset when they left town, at least they weren't lying about it. So I cannot go with the light because to me, uh, 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 the Stan Kroenke is to lying as Wisconsin is to cheese. So yeah. I'm going with the Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals it is. 
Uh, I am going to pick. I'm sorry. I'm going to pick Matthew Stafford and the Rams. I'm I'm with uh, Bob Ramsey on this one. I think they win on the road. I know Kyler is back, but um, I'm still picking L.A. to win this one. All right. So the Chiefs take on the Raiders. This will be in Las Vegas. So I think I know where people are going to go here. What do you think, Dean? Hey, Chiefs all the way. Guaranteed. That's a guaranteed win for the Chiefs. Right guaranteed now. win for the Chiefs. Guaranteed. Bob Ramsey, I think you probably are going with them too, yeah? You know, um, I, yeah. I, I don't know if it'll be a runaway like Dean suggests, but I do <laughs> think the Chiefs got a – I think the Chiefs um, uh, will have a really terrific bounce-back game. Um, the thing, the thing with them is, other than Kelsey, can anybody catch a ball? And I don't think that just goes away depending on your opponent. I so I'm not willing to go big win, but I think it will be a bounce back for the Chiefs. All right, Brad Young. Well, in order to pick this game, I need to know if Taylor Swift is or is not going to be attending the game. Well, I think she's touring. So if she's touring, you know, I know the spread on this is eight and a half points. I think you got to take off three points just for the absence of Taylor Swift. But that still makes it within the range here. uh, And so I'm going with the Chiefs. All right, Kansas City. Um, I'm also going with Kansas City here. They happen to be a nine-point favorite. That's a huge spread. So Oakland. Oakland. See? These (laughs) owners keep screwing me up. Ah. Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Chiefs on the road. I think that's a, a fairly easy one. Even if Taylor, maybe Taylor and uh, Travis's parents are going to be together again. That well, that would that would be good, that guys. I think I'm going to pull an audible here. Uh oh. So we have one Uh-oh. game left. Usually we go with the Sunday night game, but I think that one's not interesting. It's the Ravens and Chargers, hmm. but the Bills and Eagles also play. So that yeah. that's what I'm going to, uh, Dean. I'm going to give you the opportunity. Yeah. You get to pick. Are we going to select Bills Eagles or Ravens Chargers? It's your call. Well, I, I think that Bills and Philly will be a better game to pick from. All right, let's do it then. Bills and Eagles on the road at Lincoln Financial Field. What do you think? Is this the one where we're picking the points for it? Yes, and you got to give us the points too. Okay, I'm predicting Philly to win by 10. So, what do you think the total is? How many points total? Let's say 28, 28, 17, 28, 16, somewhere around there. So is it 45? So 45? Yes, sir. 45. 45 points for Dean. Bob? I'll uh, I'll push for an even more fun game and and put it at 50 total points with the Eagles winning. Maybe wishful thinking, but uh, that would be a fun game. That would be a fun game, uh, Brad Young. I'm going to have to go with the with the Eagles too. Uh, I don't. I'm not seeing the point spread that you guys are seeing on this one. So I'm going to go with Eagles total points forty, and uh, the Eagles win by uh, a field goal. Oh, a lower scoring game because the over under is forty eight and a half. That's the expectation, guys. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills here, and the reason I'm doing it is, man, they need a big win. Buffalo needs a big win. It has been underwhelming for them so far this year, even though they are 6-5. and five. And for my guy, Scott Jagow, I want him to get a win. He, he is just dying in there over the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Bills and 49 points. So that will be it. That's mm. it. We've got our selections. Dean, you feel good about your picks? 
I feel great. I appreciate you, gentlemen. All right. Good we, luck to everybody. Same to you, and maybe we'll talk to you next week. We'll let you know. I think we will. Thank you, I'll Dean. I'll be looking for you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a great day, fellas. Bob Ramsey, we appreciate you being part of this uh, stupid thing that we're doing. Absolutely, and I think Dean is a mortal lock. He'll be back. <laughs> but Dean is a mortal lock. Also, <laughs> Rammer, here, here's the other thing. You get the option of coming back once if you win. So if you win... <laughs> well, so... So what's the good thing? No, 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 just kidding. No, it's uh, yeah, it's always uh, fun to make the it's always fun to make the picks, and uh, yeah, um, I would be delighted to return if I would be so fortunate. You're the best, Rammer. Thanks for coming on. Talk to everybody tomorrow at six forty-five p.m. 6:45 Billikens basketball pregame show right here on KMOX. So those are your picks. We will uh, go over the winners on Monday. Another segment with Brad Young and me, Chris Ranji, on KMOX. Chris and Amy show. Amy is is out. She's going to be back Monday? Yeah, I but I'm going to be texting her about your picks because I want her to mock you mercilessly. Well, she doesn't. You... Come on, man. She can't do better than me, even though she has been. I've sucked this. I've been really bad. But some of the picks I've made, it's the Bears' fault. Yeah, I, you, you go with betting with your heart and study with your head, right? I know. Come on. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, go ahead and text us if you want to be part of the no prize. Pick them in the future. 314-436-7900. Leave your name and somebody might reach out to you and you can do this on a Friday. Um, anything that you have missed, it's on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Uh, download it for free where you can listen to the show live and rewind it and all that good stuff. Um, also, KMOX.com. That's a way to listen wherever you are. You can listen to Cardinals games on the Odyssey app as well. Brad Young, thanks for hanging out. Oh, my pleasure, Chris. That's Brad Young. I'm Chris Ranji. The best of Dave Glover is next ahead of NFL football on KMOX. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.